Good morning. I'm Ryan, one of the pastors here. Oh, thanks for the wave. I love that. Oh, two. Oh, I got peace sign. All three. We're, wow, we're on fire. Okay. Everyone calm down. We're having too much fun. Um, this week, we're continuing our awakening series. We're looking at the six human senses as ways to understand God's awakening call in our lives. As we continue with reentry, we're uh, trying to figure out what is God's sense of calling for each one of us and as a community, and uh, what is this posture that God wants us to take in this season of our lives. So even as we utilize the Bible's passages about God's set, God about senses, uh, our staff recognizes this, recognizes that each of us has a diverse abilities when it comes to senses. Like, I put on glasses every day, and if I didn't wear glasses, I wouldn't get very far. Our intent is to not highlight each sense as the only or better way to hear from God, but to use senses as a springboard into a deeper connection that we all might experience. To start us off this morning with our sense and to continue to get us familiarized with it, we're going to play a game, and games are only as fun as you make them to be, okay? So if you don't play along, then we're not going to have a lot of fun. Also, you online too, you got to get in the chat because Pastor Jason and Pastor Shirley are just talking to each other right now, so you got to help them out out there. All right. So what we're going to do is that I'm going to give us a definition or use a phrase or explain like the context of what this phrase or idiom that I want you to guess. Okay. And it has to do with touch. Okay. So this is kind of the warm up. I think everyone can get this one. Feel free to shout it out, you know, compete online. Who can get it up first Um, in the chat? We'll see how we do. Sorry, no prizes. Uh, Your prizes. You all got silly putty today in house. Yeah, yeah, wow. Woo! Okay, first one is going to come up on the screen for us, and it's to continue to have contact with someone, and you probably wrote it in your high school yearbook. Close. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. All right. Is online fast enough? Did anyone even try online? No, it's just me. Oh. Come on, online. We need. Oh, okay. We got. We got one. We got one. Okay. To make contact with someone or to get an update. To touch base. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Can you give everybody else a chance? (laughs) Okay. Next time when you get it, count to five or something. This is my buffer for my sermon to make it seem longer than what it actually is. Um, Next is a risky situation with uncertainty of an outcome. Touch and go. Touch and go. Ooh. All right. Next, to land or make contact with the ground, usually in a plane or in football. Touchdown. Okay, maybe I should have started with that one. Yeah. Finishing details that complete something. Touch up. Oh, I didn't think of that. Finishing touch is what I'm thinking of, but I also like touch up, and that should probably be on this list too. Um, To have a special ability to do something well. Magic touch. To lose an ability or a talent that you once had. To lose one's touch. Yeah, this one's less of it. All right, this is the last one. I know, thank you all for playing along. I appreciate it. So, to not keep in contact or to be unaware of recent events. Yeah. 
out of touch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we're talking about touch this morning. And I feel like these, out of all these sayings, out of touch resonates with me most about my pandemic experience. Initially, there are a lot of unknowns with COVID-19 as it was spreading. How does it spread through surface contact? Uh, am I, and I really realized how important it was to wash my hands, especially as an avid nail biter. Um, and if I can, I now avoid touching door handles at like all costs. Like I love the little foot ones now that you can like grab it with your foot and pull the door open. Um, and there are questions about like, should we wash our groceries before we cook with them? If, do we need to, you know, really get in there and touch them? And we quickly distanced each other from others. So let alone being able to give someone a handshake, a pat on the back or a hug, those things were like completely off the table, right? And so this impacted a lot of the ways in which we related to our family and our friends and obviously with God too. So who did we try and keep, keep in touch with? Who did we lose touch with over the pandemic? And how are we rebuilding or what, what do our relationships look like now because of the pandemic? The presence of God comes into question of how can we see God moving in the pandemic or hear God's voice or taste God's goodness or is God even within reach for us? I think about our personal and cultural experiences with touch too, prior to the pandemic. I grew up in two significantly different cultural experiences. So I have my Italian side of the family, which is everything stereotypical that you imagine. So like you walk in the, the house or the room and you're like aunties and uncles bombard you. They're hugging you. I remember my cheeks like being molded like and pulled. I was like, that was, intimate touch level going on in an Italian household. When I walked into my Japanese household, you know, it was very like, you know, do I give you a hug? Like, do I give you a bow? Those sorts of things. Like, the experience was much different for me. But my mom being like a little bit more American and like wanting to engage in touch, she was like hugging all of my family. So thankfully, like my grandma started hugging me and it was like, it's the most meaningful thing for me to give hugs. I'm a huge hugger person. And so for me, my I had a positive experience with touch. I'm not sure if this was your experience growing up. We all like had different situations that might have had positive or negative experiences with touch too. And it's important to realize that as we talk about how touch impacts our spirituality, that we also bring in these also these personal experiences that we've lived. In Genesis, we have this beautiful description of God creating and forming us in the image of God. Even in chapter two of Genesis, God has formed us out of the earth, like some intimate touch happening. There are metaphors of God as the potter and us and humanity as the clay. There's a deep and personal knowing that comes from us and God that involves touch. Generally, touch in the Old Testament is commonly found in the context of the commandments, don't touch things. If you touch things that are unclean, whether it be a person, an animal, an item, you too become unclean and then have to go through a purity ritual to become clean again. The, the purpose of these rituals is a purifying process and an experience of returning back to purity. But Jesus, the embodiment of Christ, his own mystery of togetherness of clean and unclean tends to follow a different approach to touch specifically in whom he touches that would be considered unclean. 
the first interaction with Jesus touching someone that is a story found in both in all Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's a very brief interaction between a man with leprosy and Jesus. So we're going to read that in Matthew 8, 1 to 5. Jesus had come down from the mountain, and great crowds had followed him. And there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. The man with leprosy was separated from community, from God, because of his leprosy. People with leprosy were socially expected to shout their presence, to warn and keep people away from it. Instead of this man's expected cry of unclean, instead he cries to Jesus, make me clean. You are holy and pure, make me like you. Jesus challenges the way in which we understand and interact with who or what is holy and what is profane. The conversation between the two highlights social and religious implications of his illness and the man's trust of finding healing from Jesus. So these are a few thoughts I had while reflecting on this passage, and I swore I'd never give a three-point sermon again, but here it is. First, when we consider our ability to touch God, I think there are many questions we need to ask ourselves. First, utilizing our other senses to determine our proximity to God. So do I sense God's presence near me? Am Am I and God even in the same room together? Can I hear God's voice? Do I smell the aroma of God? Can I see God moving in my life? All these other senses help show us how close we are in proximity to God. Because if we're not close enough to even hear or see God, are we even close enough to touch God? I think it's dishonest to assume we're always perceiving God to be within reach. And some of your responses to to these questions may be a bit of a mix of yes, no, maybe, sometimes, whatever it may be. Once we're aware of our distance from God, we can make a choice to determine what our next steps are. Like the man with leprosy, he along with the crowd followed Jesus from the mountain. The man had to travel to be close to God. If we feel far from God, are we ready to take steps to start looking from God? Second, the man knows his identity and worth. I like to believe that the man with leprosy knows that he's created, molded, formed in the image that he possesses from God. He could have accepted that his place and identity as being unclean and outcast, but instead he visualizes himself as Jesus chooses to visualize him. We see ourselves, do we see ourselves as being worthy to be with God, to be touched by God? I know our own shame can keep us from being like, feeling like we can't go to God. I've heard people say to me, I'm too broken. Why would God want me? I believe that as Jesus chooses to touch the man with leprosy, Jesus is in fearful or hesitant distance to touch our brokenness. And lastly, Jesus sends him back to to the ritual. I think this was the weirdest part of the text that had me asking a lot of questions. Like, why does he do this? 
The man's already been made clean. Why does he need to go back and follow through with this process? In the practical sense, there are different stages that come along with the purity laws. And so now that his ailment has been healed, uh, he needs to go back through the process that allows him to reintegrate back into the community. For me, rituals and spiritual disciplines are what I hold to when I feel like I've been tossed and turned by my circumstances. Just this last October was what I call grief month for me. My mom's birthday, her dying journey, and her death all fall within three weeks of each other. And this year, we hit five years since my mom died. And I know that we've been experiencing a lot of loss in our church community, too. And so I've been experiencing a lot of grief during October. And I've been going through making some bigger life decisions at the same time. And I no longer have my mom or my grandmother here to go to, to seek advice from. And so I'm just like feeling really, uh, I've been feeling really scattered brained. I don't sleep well. Like I go through these seasons of depression alongside of my grief. And so when my emotions and my thoughts are all jumbled up, I feel like I need to take steps to experience God again. I don't feel like I can hear God's voice or I, can, I can't see God moving in my life when I'm experiencing my grief. Years ago, when I started to search for new rituals, as a naturally leaning towards a process-orientated person, I love rituals, I desire grounding, consistency, and I really wanted to touch base with God. And so I found and experienced uh, different practices during my grief. Um, so I decided to take an Eastern Orthodox icon class as an independent study, which led me to different forms of Visio Divina. So that's why it's always really important for me to put up different challenging images along with my slides. I started saying breath prayers while using a candle to focus my attention because I just needed something that was repetitive, something where when I didn't feel like I had the right words to express my emotions or what I wanted from God, I needed things that were tangible for me. I visited and walked prayer labyrinths to feel the touch of the ground underneath my feet. I bought a beaded prayer bracelet to have something to touch and hold while I was praying. And these are just a few of the ways that I uh, discovered different spiritual practices. I realized that they were all beautiful and meaningful ways to keep in touch with God. And now when any time that I'm feeling like I'm grieving, I'm stressed, or I feel like there's so much emotionally going on, I can now rely and go back to different ways to experience God through these rituals. So what new practices could you be interested in? What are some rituals or practices that you can use to touch base with God? And so to recap my three-point sermon, because I don't like these. There's proximity as a man with leprosy traveled to be with Jesus. Ask yourself, how close do you feel to God? If you need a touch from God, where are some steps you need to take to journey closer to God? Chosen identity. As God has beautifully and created and formed each one of us, will you choose to see yourself as God does? Just this morning, playing with the putty, I noticed my fingerprint in the putty as I played with it. And I, I thought that was meaningful to me. Will you take your current, broken, your current self, broken or not, or whole, to God? Ritual, are there ways or practices that can help you to keep in touch with God? As we reflected earlier on the kind of touch we need from God, I invite you to reflect on these questions. 
for us to imagine how we describe our proximity to God, if we're feeling far or close or somewhere in between, what are some images that come come to mind? For those of us at home, I invite you to take moments to, uh, if you have to draw or write down a word uh, that would capture how you feel like you are in touch with God. For those of us on campus, I thought that these would be more pliable, and so I was imagining you to make a little image out of the silly putty, but I realized I can only make squares and circles and triangles. So you can imagine an image that would capture how in touch you're feeling with God. Do you feel like you're in a storm with God? Do you imagine that you are in the same room as God? Is your... Are you feeling broken from God? Do you want to like rip your putty in half and saying, maybe I'm over here and God's over here? So I'm going to invite the worship team up and we're just going to take a moment and I'm going to pray as you mold, as you imagine what images you're experiencing. God, may you draw us near to you. We yearn for a touch from you. Help us to accept the invitation to journey towards you as we are. And may we feel your restorative touch. And may we be your restorative touch to those around us. In Christ's name I pray, amen.